Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. Good morning. We're starting a new series that I had alluded to last week entitled uh, Set Apart. <clears throat> the reason I think God maybe led me to uh, this topic as we start into a new year of, of 2018, uh, a lot of times people will make like resolutions or want to get new starts and things like that uh, in their life as they go into a new year. Uh, and I'm not talking about resolutions. Resolutions don't last too long, as I uh, said before. Uh, but what I am talking about is us looking at 2018 as as a new opportunity looking at 2018 uh, as a time that we need to be more set apart to god that we need to allow god to to use our lives in uh in, in greater ways uh the the image the logo that uh brandy uh, mcbride our secretary uh came up with um of the shoe one shoe going in, in the wrong direction uh, Kylie illustrates the point. Uh, I was talking to someone uh, last week before the service started, and uh, they kept looking at the one shoe, and they said, I won't hear anything else you say because I'm worried about that one shoe. Uh, kind of ADD type thing or something like that uh, and, uh, and, and all. But uh, uh, anyway, the, it illustrates the point, I, I think, of this series. Uh, as believers... We don't need to go the way the crowd goes, necessarily. As believers, we don't need to go uh, the way the rest of the world is going. Uh, as believers, we don't need to cave in to peer pressure. Instead, we need to, we need to stand strong for Jesus. Uh, as believers, we don't need just to kind of blend in uh, to the crowd and the rest of the world. We ought to be standouts for Jesus instead of someone that's just kind of blending in uh, to, to the culture. And that's kind of the thought behind uh, this series as we, um, as we get started uh, in it uh, t- today. Uh, Nelson's Dictionary, another, another word for set apart, another way to view set apart is a doctrinal word called sanctification. Uh, and, and that's kind of really what we're also talking about. Set apart is just more layman's terms for that uh, word sanctification. Uh, Nelson's Bible Dictionary uh, gives this definition of sanctification. It's the process of God's grace by which the believer is separated from sin and becomes dedicated to God's righteousness. Now, if you'll read that definition closely, there's really two aspects that are mentioned there. There's an aspect of God doing something, but there's also an aspect of you being set apart to do something yourself, being being dedicated to God's righteousness. And that's kind of what we're going to focus on today, ultimately here in the message, that there are two aspects of sanctification. And I, I felt like we needed to deal with that a little bit doctrinally as we start the series before we talk about a lot of other areas of sanctification. Uh, to give you a little bit of a picture and illustration of what kind of sanctification or, or being set apart looks like, uh, in the Old Testament, there's references to things being set apart. 
Canaan was set apart to belong to God's people. Jerusalem was set apart as, a, as God's city. The temple was set apart. The tabernacle before that was set apart. The priests were set apart to serve God. The, the very uh, clothes that they would wear at particular times, the priests would wear like on the Day of Atonement, uh, they, that was set apart to be used uh, in that purpose. The vessels that were used uh, inside the, the tabernacle and the temple that we might just think of as bowls and cups and things like that, those weren't to be used in just any common reason, any common purpose. They were set apart to be used for God. So maybe get that as a picture in your mind. If you know Christ as your Savior, you've been set apart like a vessel to Him. You're not just for common use in this world. God has a higher purpose and a higher reason and a higher calling for your life. And that's why you need to be set apart and kind of not go with the crowd. We need to be going in, in different ways in our lives that, that brings honor to Christ and, and stay. And that's just kind of to illustrate that. Sanctification occurs through the atonement. Of course, the atonement is where Jesus paid on the, for us, uh, paid for our sins on the cross. Uh, and it's a process where God purifies the believer. Uh, and sanctification is based on that sacrificial death of Jesus. In, in Paul's letters to the churches, and while we're not dealing with these verses today, I just want you to get a picture of, of sanctification somewhat in the New Testament. Paul writes about God having chosen us, about God having reconciled us, past tense, in certain passages there in the New Testament. Uh, Paul writes and he tells us that we're sanctified in Christ in other sections of the New Testament. Well, what I want you to get today is this. The Bible teaches that sanctification involves God's work, but it also involves the believer also, our work. Now, let me qualify that. And you'll see it as we go through the message. God saves us and he sets us apart to himself. So we are sanctified. But there's also an aspect of sanctification or being set apart. God has saved us. He set us apart to himself. As a result of that, we're to live like we're sanctified. As a result of that, we're to allow God to be more transforming our lives, to look more and more like Jesus. So yeah, it's a done deal. And that's kind of the, the title of the message. Sanctification is God's work. So that means it's a done deal. God's taking care of it. At the same time, sanctification is a process. It's a work still in progress taking place. The ongoing work of sanctification. Does that make sense? In other words, it's not just enough for us to say, I trusted in Jesus. I'm sanctified. And you just stop there. You know, we're, we're, we've trusted in Jesus, we've been sanctified, but we've been set apart to live out that sanctification. We, we've been set apart to live that out in practical ways in our lives. So that's what we're going to focus on today on two aspects uh, of sanctification. Here's the first aspect. The first aspect is that Christians are set apart to God. That, that's the done deal part. Sanctification is a done deal. The Bible teaches that you are, that you have been. You'll see it here in just a moment. You are set apart to God. You, as a believer, are sanctified by your faith in Jesus. L look with me to begin with at, at Hebrews 10.10, 10, and we're going to discover there that Christians have been, by the way, what tense is that? Past tense. 
that the Christians have been set apart. Here's what it says there in verse 10 of Hebrews. And by that will, and that's talking about the will of God the Father, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now, we ought to be thankful for a couple of things in that verse, even before I do the word studies. Y'all be thankful as a believer that it says you have been sanctified. You have been set apart to God. And you also ought to be thankful that it says Jesus made that offering of his body on the cross once for all. Never to be repeated. It was sufficient. It's a done deal. Look at some of the words that were used there in the, the, in the original Greek manuscript. When it talks about the will of God there, it's talking about a determination, an active choice. In other words, God made an active choice to save us. God made an active choice to send his son. God made an active choice to to set us aside to himself. We have been is an interesting phrase. It literally means I exist. That's the same phrase Jesus would use when he referred to himself as the I am. Or God would refer to himself as the I am. So here it is telling us in that type of permanent, emphatic way, we have been, and, and the Greek means a past action with ongoing results. That's the tense of it. It's a present tense verb in the Greek. And what that means, something happened in the past, but what happened in, in his, his done deal, accomplished in the past, has ongoing results. So keep that in mind as we kind of go through the message. We, we have been sanctified. We've been made holy, ceremonially purified, consecrated. The, the root word even means sacred. I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead. Guys, keep that on the screen. I'm going to jump ahead to something that pops out in that word study later on. Uh, it can even mean the word saint when you think about the word sanctified. The, the, the Catholic Church, they will venerate what's called venerate people. In other words, they will designate somebody to be a saint. I've got news for you. Based upon the gospel and the New Testament, you don't have to wait for a pope or someone else to say you're a saint. God says you're a saint. You might not feel like it. I might not feel like it. But God says we're a saint because we've been set apart to him. We've made holy. We've been made holy. We're consecrated. We've been made sacred to him. Here's how that happens. It happens through, means the channel of the act, the offering of the body of Jesus Christ upon the cross. He presented himself to be that sacrifice. He presented himself as a sound hole to be nailed to the cross in order that we can be saved, delivered, or protected. The one whose name means Jehovah saves and his title means the anointed one. He's the chosen one to do exactly that, to go to the cross. He has once and for all, and that literally means means upon one occasion only, never to be repeated, Jesus has once and for all paid the penalty for our sins upon the cross. And when you trust in Jesus as Savior, you have been sanctified. You were over here in your sin. When you trust in Jesus, he picks you up and he takes you over and he puts you in his family and he sets you apart to himself. And now you belong to him. It is a point that that the Bible is making here, that God has set us apart to himself. When it refers to the will of God, it's probably a quote from Psalm 48. And, and there, uh, the Bible says, I delight to do your will, O God. 
And uh, that's even a type in the picture of Jesus because Jesus came and he delighted to do the will of the Father. And he went to the cross. He accomplished the will of God by going to the cross and, and being sacrificed on the cross once and for all. While we're not doing a study through Hebrews, if you were to look at the surrounding passages here in Hebrews, the text we're looking at, for the seventh time in less than two chapters, the phrase once and for all is used. I think that's significant. That, that's telling us that God really means it. Amen. He could just said it once, once and for all. But seven times he refers to the finality of the sacrifice of, that Jesus made upon the cross being fully sufficient for our sins. How in the world does that happen? How does God in a done deal sanctify us, past tense to himself? It happens through the offering of the body of Jesus upon the cross, which is a once and for all sacrifice for sin with ongoing results. That present tense that we talked about a moment ago. By Christ's surrender to the will of God, we have been set apart, those that have believed in him. We have been set apart or we have been sanctified once and for all. God is the one that made it happen. You and I didn't make it happen. God made it happen. It's a done deal, finished thing. We have been sanctified. Let me show you another aspect of that. Next slide, please. Christ has perfected for all time. Christ has perfected for all time those who are being set apart. I hope you already know this verse, but sometimes we can read through the Bible and skip over something and not think about the significance of it as we're just kind of reading the Bible or whatever. Listen to what this verse says in Hebrews 10, these, these few verses. And every priest stands daily at his service, often repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemy should be made a footstool for his feet. Notice verse 14. For by a single offering... He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Now, you and I might wrestle with that in our own spirits because we still live in a real world that kicks us around in temptation that trips us up a lot of times. But the Bible says this. The Bible says if you are a child of God, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, Jesus has once and for all made that sacrifice, as I said a moment ago, and by that single offering, he's perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. God looks at you whether you feel like it or not. God looks at you as though you're perfect today. God looks at you as though you're in his presence and you're completely perfect. Not because of who you are, because of Jesus and who he is. Because when God looks at you, he doesn't see you anymore. He sees the righteousness of his son. Look, look at some of the words also that's used here. Which can never take away sins. Talking about those Old Testament sacrifices. And it means not at any time could they ever, ever remove or cast off that anchor of sin that was around our neck. But on the other hand, Jesus... When, uh, when he offered for all time, he offered himself bodily to be that sacrifice for all time, perpetually, he offered himself as a sacrifice on the other side of having died on the cross, taking his life back up. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and now he has sat down at the right hand of God. 
And he has sat down. The tense of it in the Greek means this. He has sat down in a fixed position. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus is just sitting in heaven. He never does anything. But it means doctrinally this. He sat down as far as making a sacrifice goes. He sat down as far as the plan of salvation goes. He has sat down because there is not anything that needs to take place to be done in order for mankind to be redeemed except what Jesus did upon the cross. Jesus suffered and bled upon the cross for the sins of all mankind. And then he sat down as the victor. He sat down because all of his work was finished because he had completely and totally paid the penalty for our sins. He had done that. He had taken care of the penalty of our sins and he sat down there at the right hand of God and keep going through some of the words uh, there for a minute. And, And as a result, of what Jesus did. He offered himself. He's now sat down, completed God's plan of redemption at the right hand of God. And he has perfected for all time. He has completed. He's accomplished. He's consummated. He's finished. Uh, The word means to make perfect to the point reached, uh, carried through to, to, to eternity forever. Uh, Jesus has done that for those who are being sanctified. Once again, the present tense comes in. Those who are sanctified, those who have been made holy, who've been purified, who've been consecrated. But since it's in the perfect tense, it means this. It happened in the past and it has ongoing results. You see, the sacrifice of Jesus never needs to be repeated. It happened in the past. It has ongoing results forever. Amen. He he never, ever needs to go to the cross again. It is a done deal. Instead of being like the Old Testament priest, here's what the Old Testament priest had to do. They were there offering sacrifices 24-7. There there was a constant smoke going up there in the tabernacle of the temple, and they, they were offering sacrifices. Their work was never done. Even on the Day of Atonement that they called the Day of Atonement when the blood was poured out on the mercy seat. That was for one year. They had to do it again on on the next year when the Day of Atonement came around. They had this constant work that they were going through. But you see, Jesus Christ completely changed that. Jesus came not as an animal. He came in human flesh to be the perfect sacrifice, God in the flesh for our sins. He went to the cross. He paid once and for all that penalty. The once and for all sacrifice never ever needs to be repeated. No more days of atonement. No more need for any repetitive sacrifices. Jesus once and for all accomplished what needs to be done for our forgiveness and for our salvation. That's why he has sat down at the right hand of God, something that the priest could not do. Jesus demonstrated the finished work because he sat down. And by that once and for all sacrifice, Jesus has perfected forever as far as God's concerned, those who have been sanctified, who have been set apart. And let me read the tense of it just for you to get the full picture of it. Those who have been set apart and are still in that ongoing position of being set apart and sanctified. God saved you, and you're in that position of salvation forever. God set you apart to himself. He sanctified you, but there's an ongoing process to where he is still working on you, and he is still sanctifying you. It is what the tense of it means in the Greek. There's there's no room for us to just say, well, you know what? I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of be how I am and live like I want to and sit down and wait for Jesus to come. No, he, 
And, and, and some people will approach it like this. Well, the Bible says when he appears, I'll be like him. Yes, you will be fully, completely at that point in time. But that doesn't mean wait till the end to start looking like him. That, that means we, we still need to, to understand because of him setting us apart to himself, we, we need to be living in, in, in ways. There's this ongoing thing that we'll talk more about in a few minutes to where, where you and I uh, need to be more and more sanctified. Believers, as far as God's concerned, we're perfect or we're complete in Christ. We have a perfect standing before God because of the finished work of Jesus. It is a done deal. Now, I want to show you a passage here that shows us how important Jesus is to us before I move on. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom, our righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Think about that for a minute. That's who Jesus is to us. And we we need to, to view it in that way. Hey, if you want to be wise, be wise in Jesus. He's your wisdom. If you want to, if you want to have righteousness in your life, hey, he's your righteousness. He's the one that's righteous. You're not. He died on the cross for you and we're given his righteousness. If you want to be set apart, the only way you're set apart to God is through Jesus. He's our, our sanctification. He's our redemption. He's the one that paid the price for us. Therefore, as is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Man, that's who we can boast in. That's who we should boast in. This uh, past week, the, uh, the college uh, football national championship was played. And um, I, I know Mike back here because he shows up with uh, uh, Georgia hats and Georgia shirts and everything uh, like that. And after they made it into the, to the game and, uh, and everything, and Clemson didn't, I, I would have been pulling for Clemson just because they're closer to us and, and everything. So now my next thought is, all right, Georgia's closer than Alabama. Alabama's won it several times. I'm going to pull for Georgia. So he and I are on, uh, kind of, I'm texting back and forth. I'd ask John uh, Lewis for his uh, message because they worked together for his first text message uh, number. And, uh, and I was texting back and forth some. And it was looking pretty good there one time for Georgia. And uh, then all of a sudden it didn't get to where it was looking too good. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it didn't look good at all because uh, Alabama won and Georgia lost. But then I'm sitting there watching. <laughs> then I'm sitting there watching the rest of it. And then I sent Mike a message and I said, I, I figured out what just happened. Because the quarterback they brought in from the second half, who's from Hawaii, is a dedicated Christian. And when they start interviewing him, right up front, guess what he starts to do? He starts to boast in the Lord. He said, I want to thank, first of all, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He didn't just say thank God. He said, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he kept talking about that. Well, later on, they interviewed him the second time. That was out on the field. They interviewed him the second time with the championship hat and everything else on. You know, uh, and uh, they're handing out the trophy. They interviewed him again. Does the exact same thing. He starts boasting in the Lord. So I kind of feel like, you know, if, if you're an Alabama fan, you feel like your team really did it. Hey, God did it for you probably. Because <laughs> he knew that quarterback was going to get up there and say the things that he said. I'm just saying we ought to boast in the Lord for all he is to us. Last thing I want you to see before we move on to the practical aspects of sanctification, the, the part that's a, 
still in progress, is this. Being set apart requires faith in Christ. Being set apart requires faith in Christ. I'll read a passage of scripture here in Acts where Paul was on the road to Emmaus and he met Jesus. <laughs> and you know the story. He was persecuting the church and everything like that, but he has a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. Here's what Jesus says to him. But rise and stand upon your feet. because he was Saul at that time. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. To appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me uh, and to those in which I will appear to you. Delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Now catch this part. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith. When he says that they may receive forgiveness, he's talking about grabbing hold of it for your own, that's what the word means, for, for your own possession. You, you're grabbing hold of, of freedom. You're, you're grabbing hold of a pardon for your sin. And it takes place to receive forgiveness of sins. He said that they may have a place among those being sanctified the, the, the tense of it means this again, that they may have a fixed position place among those who are sanctified, made holy, all the words we looked at earlier, by reliance upon Christ for salvation. Now here's the important reason I want to point that out to you. I've already told you it's God's will for you to be saved. By that will, I said earlier, Jesus presented his body on the sacrifice. God loves you. It's his will for you to be saved. It's his will for you to be set apart to him. That's his will. It's the will of Jesus for you to be saved. He presented his body as that sacrifice upon the cross in order that you can be set apart, in order that you can be saved. But while that is God's will, while all the things I've already talked about in the message so far, while that is God's will and why it is true, in order for it to be true to you, you have to have faith in Jesus. See, he he was taught, Paul was, was told there by Jesus that I want you to go and win people. I want you to go and, and, and be my servant. I want you to go and share the gospel with people in order that they might have a place among those that were being sanctified by what? By faith, not works. And the reason I want to stress that real quick today is this. Since I said Jesus paid once and for all for your sins, he did. Since I've told you it's God's will for you to be set apart to him, it is. But if you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, you can't sit back and just say, all right, so it's God's will that I be set apart to him. I guess I am. It's it's God's will that I be saved. He put Jesus on the cross to pay once and for all the penalty for my sin. So, so, So Jesus did that. Yes, he did. And yes, it is the Father's will. But the Bible also teaches that you have to come to Jesus by faith. For that to be true, it is true, but for it to be true to you, you have to believe it by faith. You have to accept and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. So, as we consider the truth that we who are believers, we who are Christians, 
are also set apart. We've been set apart. We've been sanctified past tense. It's a done deal. It's the work of God. It's something he's taken care of. We also need to recognize this, that the Bible teaches being set apart or sanctified is also a work in progress. It's also a work in progress, which comes to our second main, main point this morning. Christians are set apart. We saw that earlier. But the Bible teaches that Christians are being set apart to God. Sanctification is a done deal. God did it. But sanctification is also a work in progress because of that tense stuff we talked about earlier. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say as I talk to you about this. That doesn't mean that somehow it's on you to save yourself. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. You're not saved by your activity. You're not saved by your works. You're saved by faith in Jesus. You believe in Jesus. God set you apart to himself. But as a result of being set apart to Jesus, there's some stuff for you to do. There's this ongoing process of sanctification or being set apart. Back in the fall, we did a series on grace. And one Sunday, I, I preached a message about a grace that transforms. So some of you that were here, it's going to be some of the same word studies. But, but I wanted you to be reminded today as we launch into this series about being set apart to God, these two aspects of sanctification. In Romans chapter 6, Paul writes these words. I am speaking in human terms. Because of your natural limitations. No, he's just saying, well, you know, I'm just giving you a really realistic human illustration you can understand. For just as once, as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and the lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. Paul is given a really easy to understand illustration, or at least it should be an easy to understand illustration. We'll look at some of the words that he used there in the Greek to enforce this in just a moment. But what Paul is basically saying is this. The easy to understand human illustration for us ought to be this. Just as you used to live your life for sin... Just as you used to live your life for the world. Just as you used to live your life selfishly. Now that you've been saved, you need to be living your life for Jesus and his kingdom. At least to the degree that you served sin. (laughs) Now you need to serve Jesus. So you're you're not where you used to be. You used to be in your sin. God took you out of that. He set you apart to himself. Now you're to live set apart. Now now you're to live out what Jesus has has done for you. In, 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 In obvious, practical, real life ways. Once again, I'm not talking about your works, your actions, you living and out saving you. No, you're saved once and for all by faith in the finished work of Jesus. Plus nothing, minus nothing, period. It's by God's grace. But after he saved you, he wants to use you. Look at some of the words that are used here. He's just assigning a reason for what he's about to say. 
For just as, just exactly like, just exactly like you once presented, came, I think makes an illustration, this word study makes a really interesting illustration, just as you once stood beside. It's like you were standing beside unrighteousness and sin saying, hey, I'm here ready to serve you. Just like you exhibited yourself being a servant of sin. Just like you recommended sin to others, maybe by your lifestyle. The word means to be at hand, to be ready to aid like a volunteer or an assistant. He said, just like you were there, ready and willing to volunteer to serve sin. To volunteer the members of your body, your life, all that you are. To volunteer the members of your body as as slaves, as a bond slave, living in subjection or subservancy. You, you You were bound up. You were serving as a slave in purity, immorality, lawlessness, breaking God's will and, and everything that leads just to more lawlessness. He said, in, in the way that you did that. Next slide. Next slide, please. So now, in the way that you used to serve sin, so now, in this way, In the present time, in other words, who you are now, you're not who you used to be. Who you are now in the present time, having been set apart unto God. Now you need to present yourself like this. You need to stand beside Jesus more or less. Think of it in those terms. Instead of standing there being a volunteer and assistant to the world and and to sin and unrighteousness, now that you know Jesus, you're, you're to stand beside Jesus, you're to stand beside the kingdom of God. You're to exhibit yourself in, in a way as someone that, that is standing for Jesus. You're to even live in a way that recommends, you know, people trusting in Jesus. You, you're to look at yourself as though you are saying, hey, I'm at hand and I'm ready to aid you, Jesus. I'm ready to aid and help in the kingdom of God. I, I'm ready to be your volunteer and your assistant. We're to take the members of our body. The hands we used to use for sin, the mind we used to use to think about wrong things, the heart we used to think about and, and use in the wrong way and have the wrong affections, the feet that used to carry us the places we didn't need to go. We need to have the mindset of all that, all that we are now belongs to Jesus. And we're presenting all that we are to be his slave to righteousness. We're to be his bond servants to righteousness, to doing what is right in order that it might lead to more sanctification, more purity, more holiness in practical ways in our lives. Does that make sense? Do you see why it's a a work in progress? It's a done deal, but it's also a work in progress. God God didn't save us. There's going to be, I'm going to go ahead and and, and throw it out front. I said it after the fact, uh, uh, when we had the invitation, the first service, but unless John changes up on me, uh, there's going to be a, a, a song uh, in the invitation time that talks about uh, laying yourself at the cross. That doesn't mean you lay yourself at the cross and you never do nothing. <laughs> that means you've laid yourself at the cross. You now belong to him. He wants you to get up and go do something. He, he wants you to present yourself as a volunteer to serve him. If you don't know how to do that as a believer, come and talk to us. We can find places for you to serve.
a link and plug you into our greeters ministry. And some people might think, well, you know, that kind of means that's not really that important. You're sitting there and you're handing out bulletins and, and everything. Well, it all depends how you do it. I mean, if, if, if you're up there and you're handing bulletins out to people like this. I've been places like that. But if you're talking to people smiling, you know, and, and trying to convey the love of Jesus, people that come in not wanting to enjoy things just might enjoy things, might they? They might get disarmed a little bit. So it's important just to be in a volunteer ministry. We need more people to teach children all the time. And, and, and I'll be, I'm going to be really honest with some of you. Some of you, when you were at other churches, you used to be Sunday school teachers. And a Sunday school teacher meant you made a year-long commitment and you were teaching every Sunday before you went to worship service. And now just because we don't follow that exact model doesn't mean that you don't still need to teach. Or because you, most of the time you're, you're only having to show up about once every three months to, to, to teach the class because we're rotating them in and out and things like that. But we all the time need new teachers to keep from wearing our other teachers out. So if, if you want to serve Jesus in some way, if you want to say, hey, I'm, I'm here as a volunteer, that's really what this text is telling us. You're presenting yourself to him to be his assistant, his volunteer. You can do it in our children's department. You can do it in our youth. You can do it with our Celebrate Recovery program. There's all kinds of things, you know, that you can do if you're just willing to do it. And if you say you're willing to do it, follow through with it. I was talking to a lady that helps with our nursery ministry a while back. And she said, well, yeah, I can ask people and they'll say yes. But when I call them and say it's your Sunday, they'll come up with excuses. (laughs) Hey, if you say you're going to do something, think about it in these terms. You're not doing it. For whoever asks you, you're not doing it for this church. You're doing it for Jesus. You're presenting yourself to be his assistant. And the main thought is this, to the degree that you used to serve sin, you need to serve Jesus. There's an aspect of sanctification that we as Christians are to be involved in, active in. Yeah, you have been past tense sanctified, but at the same time, the Bible teaches that we are being set apart, that we are being set apart to serve him. As followers of Christ, we're to live like we're set apart. That's the point I'm making in this second aspect of sanctification. As a followers of Christ, We're to live like we're sanctified. We have an active role to play. No, you don't have an active role to play in saving yourself. Jesus did that. But having been set apart to him, now you have an active role to play to serve him. Just as you were once active in sin, now we're to be active in serving Jesus. And the deal with that is this. It doesn't just happen. Theologically and doctrinally, you can agree with all this and you can say, all right, I've been set apart to Jesus. Uh, Jesus, here I am. I'm your volunteer. I'm your assistant. Uh, I'm sitting here. Jesus, here I am. Six months later, Jesus, here I am. Ten years later, Jesus, here I am. I'm your volunteer. I'm your assistant. When the truth is, we have to make a conscious decision. Think about some of the things in the word study that I just went through. We're to come and stand beside Jesus to the same way we stood beside sin. That involves activity, doesn't it? 
I'm to come in. I, I come over here and I'm, I'm, I'm standing. I had to move to do it. I'm standing beside Jesus. We're told in the passage in Romans that we looked at earlier, present the members of your body. That requires activity for you to do that. For you to present the members of your body for God to use them. We're, we're, we're told in the, in, in the Bible that, that we need to present ourselves to serve him. Being set apart, yes, is God's work. And it's a done deal. It's work that God took care of through Christ on the cross. But being set apart is also the Christian's work. There are things for us to do. We're commanded in the Bible to be holy. If he commands us to do it, there's an action involved in it. Amen? We're commanded, as I said a moment ago in Romans, to present your bodies. To present the members of your body. There's an action involved in that. We're commanded in the Bible, told in the Bible as believers to abstain from things like sexual immorality. Well, if you're told to abstain, there's kind of an action involved in in abstaining. You're saying no to stuff that that you used to say yes to. Look at Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 14. For the grace of God has appeared. Thank God for that. Amen. Amen. For God's grace has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. So that's a done deal. That's what God has done through Jesus. But the fact that we've experienced that salvation, look what else it says. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Nowhere does the Bible say that we're to trust in Jesus as our Savior and live however we want to live. No, you're just like that vessel that used to be used in the tabernacle of the temple. It had a consecrated purpose. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, you now have a consecrated purpose. You've been set apart to God. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Not just when you get to heaven. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people of his own possession. We're his, we belong to him, we're set apart to him. Notice this, what else does it say? Who are zealous for good works. You're not working to save yourself. You're working because you are saved. You're serving because you are saved. Because you have been set apart to God. You're going to live like you're set apart. And you're going to use your talents and your abilities for the kingdom of God. Where you used to use them for sin. We ought to be zealous for good works. Go back to Hebrews chapter 9. And we're about done. For the sprinkling of defiled persons with blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sanctifies the purification of the flesh. They, they would do that like with the, with the priests and sometimes the priests other people, they would sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice on, on the outside. How much more with the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God purify our conscience and stop and think about that for a minute. How much of a blessing is that? Now, I want to warn you about something. The devil wants to play a trick with you. 
After you receive Christ as your Savior, when you start thinking about doing anything for Jesus, the devil wants to remind you and you have a guilty conscience and the devil tells you you can't do anything for God. Don't you remember what you used to do? What, how, how the things, the way you used to be? That's what he wants to do. And you have a guilty conscience. And if you've got a guilty conscience, you're not going to do much for Jesus. But as believers, we shouldn't have a guilty conscience. And here's why. Jesus paid for it all. It's all under the blood. Jesus paid for all of our sins. So the sacrifice of Jesus purifies our conscience from dead works to where we can do what? What's the word? Oh, you're afraid to say it. You're afraid I'm going to come to you. You're afraid I'm going to come say, I saw you say the word serve. Purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Yes, sanctification is a done deal. God took care of that. He set us apart to himself in Christ. Once and for all, forever, Jesus paid that penalty for our sanctification and for our sins. But at the same time, it's also a work in progress. My question this morning to those those of us who are believers is this. How are you doing with a work in progress? If you're a believer, you can't change anything about your salvation. That's a done deal. That part of your sanctification, you've been set apart. But how are you doing with a work in progress? Right before the band comes out, we do the invitation. I want to ask you if you know for sure that you've been set apart to God. Do you have any doubt in your mind? Do you know that you have been set apart to God? If you don't know that, you can know that. Jesus loved you so much, as I pointed out in this message, that he offered himself as a sacrifice, bodily sacrifice, once and for all forever to pay fully the penalty of sin. But that's only true for you when you believe it by faith, when you trust in Jesus as your Savior. And if you've not been set apart to God, you can be set apart to God. If you will by faith allow God to move you from where you are in your sin and put you where he wants you to be, set apart to him. So if you don't know for sure Christ is your Savior, why not let God move you from where you are to where he wants you to be? Set apart to him today. Do you know that you're set apart for sure? You already know that. You already know Christ is your Savior. You don't have any doubts. You know without any doubt that you're set apart to him. That's all great and wonderful. I will come back to something I alluded to a moment ago. But are you living like you're set apart? Or are you, are you living like you're set apart to God? Or maybe do some of us as believers today, maybe we need to do some serious repentance and say, God, forgive me. I'm still coming over here and volunteering to the world. And God, you've paid for me with the blood of Jesus. You set me apart to yourself. Lord, I'm, I'm over here. I'm telling you today, God, I'm, I'm your assistant. I'm your volunteer. I'm set apart to you, God. I'm I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Maybe some of us as believers today need to, in, in in a fresh, practical way, we need to present our bodies to be used for God's glory. Let's pray.
Our Father, we thank you so much. We worship you. We praise you for your finished work. We thank you for your amazing plan of salvation. You knew that we couldn't save ourselves. So you sent your Son to once and for all pay for our sins. So through faith in Him, we can have everlasting life. By faith in Him, you set us apart to yourself. By faith in Him, we belong to you. And Father, we thank you for that. But at the same time, those of us who have believed, you, you, you have us in an ongoing process of sanctification. We are sanctified because of the finished work of Jesus and our faith in Him. We have been set apart, but at the same time, we're still in that status and that ongoing permanent relationship of being set apart. Father, help us to uh, allow you to guide us day in and, and day out to make us more like you. We thank you we've been set apart, but God, make us more set apart in practical ways in our lives. So we resemble to a lost world around us those who no longer stand as volunteers to sin, but we stand as volunteers to the kingdom of God. And Father, if there are believers today that need to come and pray and, and need to ask for forgiveness because they've been volunteering in the wrong area for the wrong purposes with their lives, they're still volunteering in the world. Father, help us to make decisions today, conscious decisions, that we're going to be your servants, your assistants, your helpers. We're standing beside, ready to aid you. Father, help us to be people who do a better job of that in this coming year. For in Christ's name we pray. If you're the person that doesn't know you've been set apart, if you don't know for sure you have faith in Jesus, God speaks to your heart. We invite you during this time of invitation to come and we'll have someone to share with you more about what it means to be a Christian. Basically, the Bible says we've all sinned. That includes me, you, and everyone. None of us can save ourselves. But the Bible that tells us all who sin also says, whosoever believes. And if you'll trust in Christ as your Savior, God will set you apart to himself. And as you more and more allow Him, He'll set you more apart and more apart in practical ways in your life. You know for sure you're a believer. That's great. Are you living a set-apart life as much as you should? If not, why not pray during this invitation and ask Jesus to help you live that more set-apart life? Please stand. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.